I mean, was Michael there? No one was I'm there. I'm standing on a twig, and it's gonna snap. <laughs> okay. I'm on a Hefeweizen. There's already been an IPA and a sour. I'm glad I hit record. Well, you did? Yeah, might as well. Who oh, cares? Yeah, we're, we're we were gamers number 208. It's happening. Oh. I think I think the hosts just declared themselves. <laughs> Guess what? We don't need to plan. Planning is for people that plan. That's not this show. Hello. I'm JJ. <laughs> this is a show. Uh, there's a mood tonight. Planning is there's, for the planners. <laughs> yeah, that's not me. Uh, you heard Michael over there. <laughs> hey, everybody. And Andrew. Oh, Andy. Yeah, hey, how's it going? It's apparently three sheets. Three sheets. From tying one on. <laughs> I am. Depending on how this podcast goes, you're going to see me at 3 a.m. playing Civ or 3 a.m. cleaning my office. It's going to be the same. I'm going to be up till 3 a.m. Just, just one more turn. Just how much. What? Or. It'll say you're playing Civ, but you'll actually be asleep at the keyboard. That's that's oh. if I really, really go for it. <laughs> I'm drinking All a right. very nice Hefeweizen from Four Sons today. I've never. I don't think we've actually declared. Uh, no, we have declared that we've been drinking on the pod before. Oh, uh, no, I have a Russian River Brewing Company Citra Flash Mob Pale Ale. Okay, I'm on a Four Sons. Uh, Hefeweizen with a slice of orange from my neighbor's tree. We are all uh, over the age of 21, so kids out there, don't do this. <laughs> it's Ask your parents. They'll say enjoy, no. Enjoy responsibly. <laughs> ask your parents. They'll say no. I like it. <sighs> oh, wait. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Good job. Pretty sure. Okay. Numbers. I'm, I'm not going to do research, so. Mm-hmm. That sounds right to me. On brand. Uh, yeah. is Disney playing an ARG? I don't know. I watched. What? Okay. We don't talk about the kids much I, to entertain them. I watched the fireworks show that they put on YouTube. Okay. So it's the Disney fireworks that normally the, would be going off and, and annoying okay. you okay. in the middle of the night. The, you know what? Um, if we stand kids ask your parents to do this and they'll say no (laughs) if we stand in the middle of the street outside my house you can see disneyland's fireworks you used to Uh, be able to see them from my parents' second story out the back windows they're they're pretty small you can definitely hear them though oh yeah you can hear them for a ways you can hear them all the way in lake forest actually um Okay, that doesn't mean anything to anyone listening to this podcast. That's like <laughs> Southern California. <laughs> that's like forty mile. No, it's probably not forty no. miles. It's probably like fifteen or twenty. But anyway, it's miles. far. Okay, uh, that's because there used to be a lot of flat land. Uh, most of that's being developed, so it'll probably go away. Anywho, uh, they don't do that right now. And so I was watching this thing, and the beginning and ending of it. They put a gigantic – so the new fireworks show has, like, projection art all over the castle? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, hmm is right. <laughs> Some parts of it are cool. Other parts of it are meh. But it's – What 
I don't know. It might be better. What about the part where it used to just be fireworks and that was the part that was cool? And then they played music. That was pretty good. What's funny is it's not like they're outdoing anyone else by changing it. Sure. It's just something different. It's just, no, there's them uh, one-upping themselves, right? Yeah, they already do the giant thing on... Uh, DCA with the same, the water and the screens and all that right, stuff, right. too. Right, so you got to do that on the castle now. At one or point, the- they projected... I got to get through this. We got too much to talk about. At one point, they projected a gigantic keyhole on the front of the castle. Is it an ARG? Is Kingdom Hearts coming to Disneyland? No. No. Okay. That's it. That's, I'm out for the episode. See All you right, guys great. later. Thank you for answering my questions. It's been fun. Like I said, so, I'm going to go play Civ. <laughs> uh, Andrew, though, I, I, before you leave, I need to get your opinion on something that is really... Uh, Michael... You're bad you, at Halo 2. I'm not good. I'm really bad. <laughs> is that the opinion you wanted? Oh, well, I mean, I, don't th- I, I thought that was generally understood. Okay. But if it's not... <laughs> Let's make it clear. I'm not very good at this game. Tell them how hard you got carried. Uh, pretty hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. Andrew's better than me. I think that's not uh, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I, I think uh, we yeah. just found the right Halo Two map that I remembered really well, and I found a sniper rifle. Yeah, that helps. That's about it. Yeah, a sniper rifle's pretty good in Halo. And then 2. all of a sudden, I had 15. I will tell you that uh, I enjoy some of the really stupid multiplayer modes in Halo Two. They're good. There's the, more the one than used to be there. The one where you spawn with a random weapon or weapons every time is hilarious. <laughs> I enjoy that mode greatly I because quite, it's the great equalizer. <laughs> I really quite like that mode. Uh, and I love the sniper rifle from Halo 2. So, that mode was cool. The uh, You know, I hated it, but by the end of it, I kind of liked that uh, Mongoose capture the flag. I super dislike that mode because I hate controlling the cars in those games. <laughs> oh, I had forgotten about that mode. The mongoose, it is, uh, that mode is more fun than regular CTF on that match, on that map. Because regular CTF on that map, that map is really big. So I, I had a, uh, a revelation after that where I told you during the game when we were playing multiplayer Halo, which, Okay, so last podcast we said we would be playing Halo 2 the day it came out. We did not. Uh, no, we did not. No. It well, took JJ part, too long part to of that wasn't on, Well, part <laughs> of that wasn't on you guys. What time did that download go active? Oh, uh, yeah, it, it came out on the 12th at um, 11 p.m. Eastern <laughs> yeah. on the 12th. <laughs> yeah. Hey, someone's download was That's the 13th. 9 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, mine didn't finish until like ten thirty. Yeah. Um, oh, so I got real curious because we we ended up playing multiplayer, Michael, uh, a bunch of times, which JJ shocked me by doing because every time I was like, "Hey, let's play some Halo 2. and then we got on. I said, "He's like, what do you want to do?" I said, "Whatever you want to do, man. I love Halo 2. and so he picked multiplayer every time, which was kind of fun. Uh, we will we go played- back and play the campaign eventually, but. So- so we played that mongoose mode and I asked you whether you had seen Griffball or knew what it was and you said no. It's a mode from Halo 2, one of those types of mongoose capture the flag modes, the crazy kind of weird things. Hmm. Uh 
it turns out the MCC Halo 2 multiplayer rotates special modes. So that Mongoose mode is going to go away in a few weeks and be replaced by something else. Oh, oh interesting. Yes. So you won't have to play the one that's kind of like, uh, I don't know if I love this that much. Well, it turns out you can also not play it by not selecting it for a the like map playlist and it won't <laughs> ever pick it. That's true. You can always just not play it. Um Yeah. I didn't Okay. Well, whatever. Moving your, on. Your queue times go up quite a bit when you start unselecting a yeah, bunch of Yeah, that's the thing, remotes, right? So. That's the thing. Like So like if I pick I only want to play the weird like fiesta mode where you spawn with random guns, you could be waiting like five you, minutes in between matches. That's a long time. You need to play some reach uh, multiplayer with me because I really miss the time that I played reach multiplayer on the MCC here. And uh, everybody that dies has the birthday party effect on their armor. So anytime you headshot somebody, it's just like, yay! And sparkles go everywhere. <laughs> but which, I don't have... Which I don't really enjoy. makes Halo 2 kind of fun, actually. <laughs> The thing or I Halo enjoy, Beach. the thing I enjoy about Halo Two is that, like, I remember playing a bunch of these maps. I remember a bunch of these weapons. I remember, even though I'm terrible at them, right. like, I enjoy the feeling of remembering how these things used to be. Right. I have, I don't have that feeling at all for Reach. So it would just be like, why don't we just play Call of Duty then? Because that's the bigger one, and there's more people playing that. Oh, because it's not as fun as Halo. Because I don't have any nostalgia for it, so we might as well play the more popular one then, right? Also. Call of Duty's not as good as Halo. Okay, whatever. I'm just saying, like, I don't have any reason to play Reach versus the one that I remember and But liked. JJ, what if Call of Duty wasn't as good as Halo? Who cares? Okay. <laughs> You're asking the person who, like, until this Halo stuff started coming out, last played a shooter in, like, five or ten more years before that. I was going to oh. say when Halo 2 originally came mm-hmm. out. Nah, I definitely played some Halo 3. Okay. I I can, in fact, look at his Xbox uh, history and tell you whether you played Halo 3. You're not going to find it on there, probably. <laughs> oh, you didn't play it on your Xbox? Doubtful, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was a weird trip. Should we do that next? Yeah, sure. Are you interested in this? I don't know what it is. You haven't told me yet. Are you sure you're not interested in this? We can move on. <laughs> I promised two weeks ago I'm taking the reins from you, JJ. You got to be more in charge of your podcast. This uh, is what this podcast is. <laughs> you just let anyone go. That's the yes, best part. That's, it is the best. Honestly, it really is. <laughs> uh, two weeks ago, I promised to check out Xbox Game Pass, Michael. Oh, that's right. So did you finally fire Whoa. it up? Oh, did you hear that? That was crazy. JJ, did you hear that? Yeah, typically I don't acknowledge when there's weird distortion. That was cool, though. That was cool distortion. I'm sorry. I don't normally acknowledge it either. I normally ignore it. But your voice uh, sounded like you were being accepted to the Tron. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's a new one. It was really cool. Uh, I promised to check out Xbox Game Pass for PC friend of the pod ken who we know and love who also regretfully loves zombies a lot uh has been pestering me to play state of decay 
<laughs> and that game is a lot about zombies. And so since I don't love it, the zombie part, uh, I was like, you know what, bro? I will do this Game Pass thing to try that game with you. And also for friend of the pod, Kit, who I mentioned on this pod because of Gears of War, <laughs> when I said two weeks ago that I would uh, be interested in playing Gears of War through the Xbox Game Pass, and messaged me and said, you need to get the Game Pass so we can play Gears of War. <laughs> uh, so I grabbed the $1 Game Pass. Hold on. Time out. Do you guys like saving people money? Is that person me? Yeah. <laughs> then okay. yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Who has a Prime ge- uh, credit card? Do you mean an Amazon credit yeah. card? Mm-hmm. Or no. a Costco card? No one else. No one else on this podcast. Oh, Costco card though. I have. Okay. Uh, a Target gift. A Target card would work for this too. Michael still hasn't chimed in. I'm we really running have, out of options. We might have a target. I'm running out of options. <laughs> so you go on. Okay. Microsoft owns Xbox. So if you uh buy a Microsoft and or Xbox gift card through one of the services where you have a credit card that gives you like 5% back, you can use it to pay for Game Pass. So you can get a discount on on your Game Pass first of all. Just just heads up. You don't have to pay for it on a credit card like it suggests. If you preload your balance in Microsoft, you save some money. Like we always say, you know, I do we not always say? I think we yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, get games on sale, get that's what we say. This sounds like a sale. Oh, yes, and also this service might be a real bargain, you guys. Uh, so I paid a dollar for the first month, which you gotta you gotta take that into account. That's not always going to be the case. After this first month, it's going to be five dollars a month until they decide that the Game Pass for PC is out of quote unquote beta. I don't know how it's in beta because it's just a different. It's just a different storefront than their Microsoft store. You have to run it through an Xbox app, which I had to install. Uh, it's a new app, not the one that came with Windows 10 when Windows 10 first came out. It's a new new one you have to download. But uh, JJ, on here, I'm staring at Endless Legend, Final Fantasy IX, MechWarrior Five Mercenaries, uh, Sea of Thieves, Plague Tale Innocence, the Neo Geo Arcade, and that's just the front page. Now, do you own these games, or are these available to you so long as Microsoft allows you to have them? The second thing. So, later, when they are removed from the service, you will not be able to play them anymore. This is true. This, mm. I know, however... People have been bagging on Stadia. This might be the Netflix of games. I really might be. Because the idea of, yeah, okay, I could go on there and play Merc, Mercs 5 right now. And last week, I was staring when, this, when the Epic Games sale started at Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries. And I thought to myself, I really can't 
afford that right now. I can't buy that. Even with their $10 coupon, it's still $25. I've got other games I need to play. I can't buy that. I can install that right right now for $1. I can install that next month for $5. And like Gears of War Tactics, Gears 5, Gears 4, Gears all the others, Ori, both games, Dead Cells. I, Again, uh, uh, until Microsoft decides that you can't just, anymore I mean, and yeah, they sure, take them but, off the service. So, yeah, but Friends is gone, right, from Netflix. I, Like I said, it's not – you don't own it. I'm not saying you own it. But if they're able to keep a stable of games on here, it looks pretty cool. I mean, like, okay, so now here's the other prong of my reason I'm wary of this. Okay. You say you install this through the Xbox app. Right. So I actually installed a game, right? So I I, I signed into this last week. I installed State of Decay 2, uh, which we can talk about another time. <laughs> But this is a Game Pass review. And uh, it took... I downloaded 17 gigabytes of the game. And here we go. It's here. I can play it. Is this so it, a Win32 app or a UWP? You know that I don't know how to answer that question without you telling me, right? Well, so the answer is I don't know. And the thing that I am wary of is the difference between them is one... Win32 is like the architecture that PC games have used for forever, right? UWP is a new thing that came out when they started doing Windows 10. Why does the app matter more than what it's installing? The type matters because there are things you can do with a Win32 app that are impossible with UWP. For instance, things like uh, run mods that alter your game to allow you to like have different looking graphics, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Or... Uh, you know, inject like uh, frame rate counters or things like that on top of the game. UWP, the way it's built, doesn't allow for that stuff. Okay. Also, it doesn't allow you to like go in and, you know, use, uh, you know, edit your config file to change refresh rates and stuff like that. Hmm. So I am worried that these games you've installed, because I'm sure you have, you just, haven't tried right like you've never you haven't tried to like go in and edit the ini or whatever right i have not no i mean i've installed one game my here's so so that's my worry is that now that is now impossible with this set of games here's my i mean but that's not i don't own so who cares what i can do to them it's not like Uh, okay fair i've not paid 50 dollars to play state of decay 2 right and I will never pay $50 to play State of Decay 2. Hey, totally fair. Um, right? Like, you don't own them. They don't let you modify them. Right. It's like buying... Uh, it's not like buying it for an Xbox, although you can't mod games while you're playing them on an Xbox, right? Um. So my expectation going into this was it would function exactly like having an Xbox. I would buy a game, I'd play the game that existed, and that was it. Right, if a texture pack came from, I don't know, uh, Obsidian for my version of uh, Fallout or whatever, then that's what I would get. But I wouldn't be able to install ninety thousand mods that let me ride horses instead of motorcycles or what. I don't, I don't even know. I've never played a Fallout game. That's not true. I have played a Fallout game. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> so I don't. <sighs> 
know if you can modify the INI for a file, but my my guess is it looks to run the same way as like a Steam storefront as it installed State of Decay 2 on my computer. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just an app. It's not like it's barricaded inside the Xbox app. Okay, but like you understand what my point is about like modding and stuff, right? Like it's not possible with apps that are built this way. Yeah, but they're not going to rewrite. I understand what you're saying, but that so, if it, so, it some works of these the apps- same it, yeah, yeah, okay, here we go. Oh boy. If it works the same way as a storefront would work, right? It's installing a file on my computer, a set yeah, of a files. D- a a .uwp file, which then does not allow you to access the they're internals of the game engine. Every game that they're putting through this service that already has other executables in order I mean, to actually, that's exactly engine. how the Windows storefront works now. That's exactly how it works. They rewrite every single file that comes yes. through there? Yes. Instead of those games are available. Yes. All those games are available on Steam that don't have the UWP and the ones in the Windows Store do. Hmm. So I, I would guess look, it works that I, way. I can't, I am, I can't imagine I don't it know, doesn't work that right? way. Or maybe it does. I don't know. This is a separate app, as you said. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I made a boo-boo here. It's itself up because I was trying to find the file directory and I instead clicked the app. Oops. Yeah. And now it's making tons of noise on my computer. Okay. I fixed it. It's gone. Uh, okay, look. I'm trying to find... Cause now you're making us do research. No, stop. Like I'm just <laughs> telling you, I don't know. Oh, I don't know, right? And so maybe it is like this way. Maybe it isn't. Maybe that's important to you. Maybe it's not. And okay. it's something to be aware of. If it matters to you that you aren't able to mod your games, don't use this service. If it doesn't matter to you and you just want to play the game once and then we'll probably never play it again, right? this seems like an amazing deal. Okay, so it has, to me, what your argument is, and I don't mean argument in a argumentative way, I mean it is in like a, uh, 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 not, it's not a thesis either because you've- It's take. Yeah, okay, sure. Oh, man, he can't have a take. I've had too much- Andrew, just get to the point, dude. (laughs) If I wanted to make sure I had the highest quality of Blade Runner, which I do, I went and bought a Blu-ray or a 4K, right? UHD transfer of it versus streaming it on Netflix. Yeah. And and if it's not there, I'm not going to whine about it. Now, uh, my guess is, though, anything published by Microsoft is going to just stay on this service after a window of trying to sell it for $60. So thus far that has not been true. Oh really? What have they taken off? Oh, you mean stuff that is on, Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you meant it would be exclusive to game pass. No, no, no. Well, uh, yeah, no, that you mean it will stay on game pass. I mean, I mean, so like very uh, likely, uh, gears six, when it comes out, will be sold on a disc or digitally for 65 or $70 for a couple months and then it will be on game pass at in perpetuity at that point because it's made by microsoft so actually so you're correct about the stuff that microsoft makes sort of staying on game pass forever i don't again i don't have the research but uh pretty sure most of the games they've put on there that they themselves own and published right have stayed for as long as it has existed thus far 
However, actually, most of the new games that come out are also there day one on Game Pass. A lot of games, for sure. So, like, the Gears Tactics, the day it came out, it was on Game Pass. Right. Uh, the new Ori, same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe they've said Halo will as well. So that's, you know, I think stuff. I think part of that is kind of the the target audience for something like Game Pass is not necessarily gamers who play the way that we do, but more gamers potentially who like to get things as soon as they come out and in the past would have bought a game, played through it, beat it, and then gone back to the shop where they bought it from, sold it, and used the money towards buying the next game. Right? You're not interested in necessarily adding the game to your collection. You just want to play through it to to have played through it, and then you're on to the next thing. I really love this. Like, it seems like Game Pass would be perfect for you. I love that you brought it up, because I also... Uh, uh, did big think on this <laughs> moment when I said, what is Game Pass? I mean, I signed up for it. I'm playing a game on it. How are they ever going to make money on this? And I realized they're making money because I would never have play- paid or bought for any Thieves game. I'm never going to own an Xbox again. I've just made that decision, right? Yeah. Yep. They made a dollar off me. Oh, no, they made $20 off me because I bought a gift card to pay for a couple months of Game Pass. That I would never have given them because I said, "Meh, you know those games are good, but I have to cut here and and I cut this, and now I don't and, have to cut this." And you know, maybe you stay subscribed for a couple years, and one day that five dollars subscription becomes a ten dollars subscription. Oh, but it's so right. good, yeah, because mm-hmm. you love Halo or whatever That's, they added to it. And that then, is know, their current still- plan. It even says that on the website already that the five dollars subscription <laughs> will eventually be ten dollars subscription. Yeah, and, yep. and actually, you know, Michael, that's like a really I didn't even think of that like line of like, hey, there are people that totally buy these games, you know, at theory full price, but really they're trading something in that they had played before. So it's really more like, you know, 20 to 40 percent off. And then they play it for like a few weeks and, you know, get bored of it or the multiplayer community dies or whatever. They sell it back and repeat. Right. It's really yeah. smart. Yeah. The secondary market was something they were always trying to figure out how to kill or at least get past or make more money on. And it's like. Don't worry about a secondary market. Get people subscribed and have a stable amount of income from your service. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got a million, two million subscribers to Game Pass between Xbox and PC at $10 a month. They're willing to stay there. That's, yeah. I mean, because now, now as the, as the consumer, you're not, you don't have an initial investment other than, well, no, you don't have an initial investment and you're not losing money on every transaction. You just have your nominal monthly fee. Right. Yeah. And they've got and a you're right, stable. Andrew, that like, yeah. you know, were you going to pay $60 to play Gears Tactics? Never. No. 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 Absolutely not. Were you going to pay $60 to play Gears 5 or Dead by Daylight nope. or whatever? Uh-uh. Any of these other games? No. And, right. And, but $5 to play each one for two hours. I mean, I sincerely regret. I mean, like, I'm glad I didn't pull the trigger on MechWarrior 5. I. But during the last Steam sale, I bought Plague Tale Innocence, and I'm staring at it right here in Game Pass. And this, to me, is a Game Pass game. I could have paid $10 to play this and played nothing else that month and paid the same amount that I paid to buy it in the Steam sale. Yeah. Right? And and uh, the, the Master Chief collection is in here. And while I'm 
kind of glad I do own that in case for some reason it ever disappears from the service or I unsubscribe from this. I can still play that. The other day when we were playing um, Halo and you invited me to a game, the Xbox app popped up and asked if I wanted to play. (laughs) It sent me your invite through the Xbox app. So it yeah. knows, so right? Like, they, so the, uh, there are uh, options in the multi, uh, in the Master Chief Collection network settings to choose which, like, network you're on. Oh, okay. You can select Xbox Live. You can also select, like, I forget what the other option is, but, like, non-Xbox, so basically, like, Steam matchmaking. Only Steam matchmaking? Oh, don't do that. Yeah, definitely don't do that, right? <laughs> so, like, I have Xbox Live selected because there are more people playing <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like I can find matches of like, you know, Slayer and all these other like normal modes of Master Chief where like, yeah, Master Chief Collection sold well on Steam. But like week in, week out, how many people are playing Master Chief Collection on Steam? Hmm. Probably not, not so a many. ton. Yeah. Enough to probably get games, but not as many as would be playing if you include both the Microsoft apps and then the Xboxes as well. Right. Yep. So, yeah, you know, Andrew, thank you for bringing this up. I I understand the position a lot better now after some of this stuff. I didn't understand. I I really, I had heard about Game Pass for PC, right? Like, I listened to other podcasts. I read about it in the press. I don't know what the Mm -hmm. right word is. Twitter, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it it was kind of like, okay, I could go play games that I'm not super interested in. State of Decay is something I'm not super... And then when I've, like, finally signed up, I'm like, wait a minute, I can play games I'm not super interested in. (laughs) Or, like, oh, yeah, I have wanted to play that, but I never thought the price was worth it. Right? There's a lot of games that are sitting in my Steam wish list that says, eh, you know, if that's $5 or $10, sure, I'll pay for that. But... Halo Wars Definitive Edition, did I need to buy that on Steam when I could have played it on Game Pass? Maybe not. So what you're saying is you should stop buying games you're not going to play. I think maybe this service, even at $10 a month, might become what people like myself might need that feel like you don't want to miss out on trying an experience other people have talked about. I could play that game that people said was good. Oh, I don't like it without having to have bought it, right? I was trying to shame you for buying so many I'm games. Not, I will not be shamed. Stuff, I'm drinking Hefeweizen. It didn't work. Nope. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, what do you want to know about Game Pass? Because I don't feel like I've given it a good shake on like how the app works or a review of no, it. We've a, only talked about the economics of it, which was really that's all I really point, right? <laughs> that's all I care about. So, yeah, I know everything I care about now. Yeah, this segment has been brought to you by the ghost of Blockbuster. Look, uh, we were not Dude, sponsored, yeah. by the way. Just so you know, um, as clearly as <laughs> as it can possibly be, maybe with the review of Game Pass, I'm not sure it's worth it for everyone. There's definitely people out there that have a lot more self control than me. Maybe you don't need Game Pass, but if you're somewhat curious about a lot of games, and it seems to me like. Microsoft's probably going to be pushing a lot of games out in the near future. There might be a reason to try out Game Pass for a little bit. Plus, you know, if you see a game come to Game Pass like Merc 5, you can pay $10 to play it and then play nothing else that month and still only have paid $10. 
I think the thing that interests me about it is, like you say, the the ability to like try these games that I otherwise would not pay for, right? Because right, I don't play like I I intentionally don't buy lots of games that people think are really good because I don't think I will like them. Yeah, and so. I. I- I wish the service ex- service existed a while ago. I look at my Steam library and I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm I have that. Do I need to have had that? I don't know. I'm not certain. This is like an Andrew specific problem. Though. It really no. I don't know what it is. I think there's a lot of people that also have gigantic Steam libraries that would benefit from this moving for forward. But like Wargroove is on here. I didn't pull the trigger on Wargroove because I'm kind of like you know I played Advance Wars right. Uh-oh. I unmuted Wargroove. I clicked on it. That was a mistake. Man, I am really jacking it up tonight. Are you... Okay. I think you've had too many beers here, bro. We gotta cut this rant. <laughs> you get my point, right? Like, Yes, I think it's a good point. And like I said, I think it's a... You know, the economics is the stuff I was more worried about. If you have, like, deep-seated or interested, you know, in, like, doing modding and stuff, do your homework before you buy this thing. Otherwise, you know, understand what you're getting into. It sounds like you can get into it for pretty cheap. Maybe it's cool. Go for it. I would not not buy Civ because of this service, right? Because what if it left? Sure. I mean, Civ is, you know, Civ is a commitment. Yeah. I'm already 20 hours into my game. Michael, what did you do this week? Um, what did I do this week? I started and, uh, it's probably over a two week span, but I've started and finished a, one game and jumped into uh, another new one. Playing video games on this podcast. I love it. I have a lot more video games we can talk about. Just saying. <laughs> All right. It just, it I'm, lets, I'm going to be quiet. Michael's turn. Oh <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Knowing that, uh, I guess we just passed golden week in Japan. Um, which a, uh, the only holiday anyone in Japan gets. <laughs> um, I apologize for We Were Gamers, uh, the podcast, for my culturally insensitive friend. Actually, pretty accurate, though. <laughs> Workplace culture is bad over there. Sorry. Continue, Michael. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a week uh, in late April to early May that has a number of Japanese holidays in it. Um, and so you will frequently see the a lot of game companies do deals for it. And those deals will sometimes spill over to the States. Um, but I saw a bunch of Golden Week deals, um, particularly on RPGs. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to buy myself one, but I'm going to pick an RPG to play. Uh, so I went into my Steam library and I settled on w- one called Pure Solar and the Great Architects. Uh, Pure, another in, game I get to butcher later. Pure, as in like a a wharf. P i e r. Pierre Solar, a Great Architect. Um, so it's a uh, it's originally it was a Genesis game, um, oh. which is. A little bit weird to, at least for me, it was a little bit weird to map the keys out because uh, it was it was a you know a six button. Oh sure, uh, six button controller. Wow, yeah, yeah I didn't even think about controller. that. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't play it on a controller. I actually played it on a keyboard because it was easier to deal with the six buttons that way. Um, but it's you know, 
it's because it was a it was a Genesis game. It's old school, like sixteen bit standard um, JRPG fare. So you know you have your your character squares at the bottom with their health and their MP, uh, and it's your little group against uh, random encounters of of enemy groups. And it was uh, it was fun. It was a little it was a little janky, um, just given its age. Uh, it was you know it showed its age a little bit, but it was a it was a nice distraction. It was nice to play a JRPG that only took about twenty ish hours to complete. That sounds sure. great. Yeah, it was, but you know it was nice to be able to like start one and be done with it two weeks later, as opposed to two months later. This is going in my notes for our eventual debate about what an RPG is. Because oh, yeah, can it be a JRPG if it's under 100 hours? I don't think so. But did it have fishing? Did it have it fishing? It can't have fishing at 20 hours. Fishing is a JRPG thing, though, for sure. Right, sure. But if it was only 20 hours, unless Michael skipped the fishing, God no, forbid. No, it didn't. No, it didn't have fishing. Uh, it did have some other. It did have some other mini games. One of which was a clone of Bomberman. Like oh, hold Bomber on, wait. Maybe, Bomber. maybe it's a JRPG. There are mini games. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm into anything Bomberman. Let's just <laughs> talk, time out and talk about this mini game. Yeah, there's a there's a part of the there's a part of the game where to progress you have to complete a series of trials. And one of the trials is you are playing, you're basically playing Bomberman multiplayer against three computers, and you have to win two rounds in a row. Or not two rounds in a row, you have to win two rounds. Like old school Bomberman? Like where you're running around with one bomb and it could blow up on you? Yeah, so there are there are basically posts in a, a square grid, and there's, to start with, each character has one bomb, and most of the posts are um, blocked off by uh, destructible blocks. Right. Yeah, you got to. And block. so you can you can blow up the blocks and occasionally pick up extra bombs to drop. Mm-hmm. Um, but the higher your bomb quantity gets, the larger the explosion radius is. And so then you get the you power up. That's the boot, and you can kick the bombs, and then the game is broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't go that far with their with their parody of it. So it's just the it's just the the bombs in a, a plus formation. And when do you trade cards? Uh, there were no cards in this one. Not a JRPG. Well, maybe, hold on. The Genesis was before the the trading card JRPG advent, though. You know that was yeah. Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, there weren't uh, That's later. There weren't cards to trade in Final Fantasy VII. No one knew what a card was before Final Fantasy VIII. No, they didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> What's a card even? Cart? Are you saying cart? Like cartridge? Is that what? Card. Oh, I'm, just, I'm, 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm using this as a segue directly into playing cards. Hey, you. one of you at least played Magic, right? It's a very slow segue. It's bad. Look. <laughs> hey, we are we are meandering tonight. It's fine. Michael, meander? did you ever play Magic growing up? Uh, you know what? I didn't. We've had this discussion. Yeah, you're probably right. But I didn't remember. <laughs> Michael, did you ever have a Black Lotus that you gave to a friend? <laughs> um, did you? I did Hold not. on. <laughs> Let's go shame you if that's true. <laughs> 
I don't think I, I regret anything in my life quite as much as a person might regret that decision. <laughs> well, I, I'm, 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 I'm outdone by my parents who sold vintage Beatle albums for nickel. Oh, that feels bad, man. Hey, uh, speaking of Black Lotuses, though, uh, they banned a card in Magic the Gathering today from the most recent set. Now, that would not be really news that would make this podcast. I mean, because- it's news, though, because, like, Magic's been around for 20 years. How do you make a card as broken as a back- Black Lotus? Well, so the news is that they banned it in the format where Black Lotus is still legal. <laughs> and they didn't ban it in the standard format where it came out, you know, in theory. Okay, we got to so know what how this is card it, how is. is. Yeah, how is it that broken? So this card, uh, it, so to be clear, how the, how the bannings usually work in that format, right? Black Lotus is a restricted card in that format, which means you can only have one in your deck of 60 or more. This card, because of the mechanic that it uses called Companion, means that it basically sits off to the side of your deck and is accessible anytime as long as your deck meets certain deck building restrictions. It's like even more broken than a Planeswalker. It is a, Right. Planeswalkers are cards you draw from your deck. This is outside of your deck. Uh, it takes a spot in your sideboard, but since it's outside of the game, you know, it's just there whenever you want it. And you can play it from that position if your deck meets certain restrictions. And it's essentially like an extra card in your hand. That by itself would probably be really powerful. But, I mean, in a format where you could fill your deck with, you know, cards like Black Lotus or other super powerful cards that are still legal in that format, is this going to make it, you know, is this going to fly? Having one extra card, is that worth it? Maybe, maybe not. It depends what the card does, right? Well, it turns out this card does some pretty insane stuff. (laughs) For three mana, you get a creature that's a 3-2 with lifelink. Okay, I mean, that's not that that nice, right? Uh, the It's one colorless, and then the other two can be either white or black. Seems equally too underpowered for the cost. Yeah, it's not, like, amazing, right? Three mana for a 3-2 lifelink is kind of bad. Yeah, you get some flexibility there, but also kind of who cares? You can summon it early-ish. Yeah, I mean, turn three, right? Yeah, if, let's say you've drawn except in, Except in a format where you can play Black Lotus on turn one, and you can play this card on turn right, one. Right. Anyway, uh, but this card also has text. <laughs> Besides the whole thing about being a companion and all that text, the other text is you can play a card from your graveyard as long as it's below two mana cost once per turn. Sorry, two or below. Okay, what broken cards do exist at two and below? Every broken card in Magic. <laughs> Black Lotus, every powerful Mox, all the restricted cards are two or below. Almost all. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of the way the companion mechanic works, restricting it to only one copy in your deck doesn't matter because it's not in your deck. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good point. Can it be destroyed so- or damaged? Yes, of course, they can kill it, right? Okay. Um, and the, the deck-building restriction is that your deck has to have only cards with converted mana cost of two or less. Not a big problem. No, because you can just keep bringing them back from the graveyard. And you can play them from the graveyard for infinite <laughs> times forever. Well, you can only have one Black Lotus. Well, what if I play it from the graveyard every turn? Sounds like they just need to errata the card to say that then when it dies a second time, it's exiled. Yeah, so Magic doesn't do that. They just ban them. And so now this card is banned. That card uh, however, okay with Errata. 
Uh, certainly. They could just errata the companion mechanic to not work that way. <laughs> okay. Good point. Yeah. Uh, however, they felt this card, which was so powerful that it needed to be banned with Black Lotus, uh, you know, banned in the format where the cards with anti, the cards with, like, the card that makes you play a sub-game of magic to determine the result of the card. <laughs> like Those kind of cards are banned. The cards that require you to flip the card onto the table and hope something happens with it. Those are the banned cards in that format, and now this. But in standard, like the the format in theory that the most people play, although these days, I don't know if that's true, because everyone hates standard right now, because of this <laughs> card and other cards like it. Uh, this is fine. Everything's fine. Is keep, it in, keep using in, this card. Is it imbalanced in standard format where there's not as many two-cost cards to make a broken deck with? Uh, there are still extremely powerful decks that use this card. I don't know if it's the most powerful deck, but it is still extremely powerful. Yeah. I mean, they'll run into the Hearthstone thing, right? They're now they're now old enough to run into the everyone's net decking. Oh, everyone has been net decking in Magic for years. So that's like not surprising. But, but like the th- thing is is like release now, right? This game's only 2 years old. I mean, it's been in development even longer than that. But yes, like, yeah, they're running into the thing where, like, everyone knows the broken stuff. They're doing the broken stuff. And that's just all anyone does. It's not fun. That's a shame. It's a bummer, man. I'm just, like, I want to know the decision that goes, like, well, this card is too powerful for this crazy legacy format with all these powerful cards. But it must be fine in our, like, less powerful standard format. The play that it creates in legacy must be bad for that. But in these new formats, it must be fine. So there's two options here. One, they're paying more attention to legacy than standard. Or they have some sort of metric that shows that that deck isn't winning more than the other shenanigans that are going on. I mean, the decks that are winning more than that deck also use the companion mechanic. (laughs) So, like, you know, does this tell you something? So maybe they should just remove companions. Maybe. Got it. Yeah. Uh, turn four, you can cheat a seven mana cost creature into the uh, battlefield that will take any of your permanents, including lands, from your opponent and keep them forever. Okay. Say what? Yeah, sounds <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, and then the companion for that deck you play can take one of your cards, uh, flicker it into exile, and return it to the battlefield at the end of the turn. So you can do that again every turn. Yeah. Turn four onward. Did you like having land? Too bad. Magic is fun sometimes. No, it's nope. not. Sorry, I had to rant about that because that was ridiculous. I, you made me feel good that I was like, I uninstalled that when I was making room yeah, for other games. I had to make oh. room for other games because of Game Pass. And I was like, you know, this magic game can go. I yeah, like mag- I like. I like the idea of magic. I like playing Magic when the game is, like, not this crazy. You know when Magic was good? When one of your friends had all the cards, but the rest of you really didn't. So only one of you had to get beat up on at a time, and the rest of you had a lot of fun. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Have the one sacrificial Yeah, like, you... you, I'm going to throw out a name, because... No, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. No. I know what you're talking about. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> you play him the rest of us mm-hmm. let's let's get out the fun decks exactly uh-huh. <sighs> <sighs>
I've also been playing a bunch of Spelunky for no reason again. That game's pretty fun. So I, for some reason, see you playing that when I have the Xbox app open. You should play Spelunky. That game's pretty good. Oh, let's see if we have it. Drum roll. Don't click on it. I have it. It's not installed, so I can't accidentally mess up the audio. Nice. You should play that game. The game's pretty good. Is it It'll good? probably download in like 30 seconds because it's tiny. Yeah. Yeah. It's a you know, roguelike, you know, procedurally generating kind of thing. Um, but man, once you like, once you understand the, the thing that it's going for, the controls are so good. You like, you get killed, and you're like, ah, oh. you'd be mad, but then you realized it was, but it was my fault though. I didn't look and see the arrow there, or I didn't look and see the damn snake that shot me. Wait, the snake shot you? Yeah, some of the snakes spit venom, you know. Oh. Or the arrow trap that shoots an arrow, or the boulder that comes and crushes you, or whatever. Or Got you it. fall into a bed of spikes, which you could have seen if you bothered to look, but you didn't because you were rushing. And then that you happens to me in Civ a lot, where I like move into the blind fog of war at, with abandon. Like, oh, my full move is like ten spaces, so just click over there. Oh, there were a lot of barbarians there. I guess that unit's dead. Stakes have been made. Mm-hmm. How are you liking Civ Six? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I've only been hinting at it all episode. I quite like that game. I didn't like the district mechanic at first. I'm not sure it's, I still do, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure I like it better than what Civ Five was doing, but it is interesting and there is a lot you can do with it more than it seems at the start. When I ran into the industrial district that was like, hey, all cities within nine tiles benefit from this. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Okay, so like I get power if I put it over there to two cities. Right. So, so and not every city has to build a power plant. hydroelectric dam in this other city. Yeah. A problem was, if you have like 500 cities spread out a bunch of, across a bunch of continents. Yeah. Not so big of a problem if you only have a few, right? The other thing that happened to me actually today was like the hubris moment. I just, <laughs> I, I went to another continent and I saw open land and I plopped down a civilization on a natural wonder with a lot of resources and stuff nearby. And before I could do anything about it, the city revolted and joined the Arabian Empire. <laughs> Oops. That was not a mechanic in Civ Five. Sometimes loyalty, you know, like, you go into a land, you're like, hey, this land is my land now. And the people living there are like, what? <laughs> that sure happened. No? I didn't quite understand the mechanic of reassigning a governor and how to get them over there. There's a few things where I've been like, oh, that's how that worked. Well, I guess I could have saved myself some trouble by doing that earlier. Yeah, uh, the, I like, still you can use the governors it. to fight the loyalty problem. Well, I couldn't figure out how to reassign one without getting a governor tile, which you can actually do. You just have to find the right tab. Uh, yeah, you need a title to... You can do it for free when you get a title, but if you don't have a title, you can do it at any time, I think, through the civics tab somewhere. Yeah. I also am having a lot of trouble finding, like, a unit menu. There's a lot of stuff that was in Civ Five that doesn't appear to be as findable in that game. 
Yeah, I don't know that there is just a menu that like lists every unit you have. There was up until exists. Civ Five. Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't think in Civ Six that's a thing. Yeah, that's not a good thing. But you can click next on like whatever the thing you have highlighted, and that will eventually. The more important everything. thing would be to click through all the units that I have put in uh, Fortify or Alert, and start deleting old ones, so that I'm not you- paying maintenance cost on them. You definitely can do that. You can go sell guys. Yeah, yeah, um, but you have to click through and find them all. And I have I have the biggest navy in my current game because I'm the only one that decided to build on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I did not realize you do not actually have to build the city on the ocean anymore. Right, because you can build a harbor district. you can build a harbor, which is kind of cool because then your city doesn't have to be in the floodplain. Yeah. Good idea. You can build it next to the river, but like, you know, away back from the ocean. Right. I will, I, unlike Civ 5, which was like, I get this game, I'm good at it already. Civ 6 seems to have the like, I see moments. Some of that, I think you would have learned if you had played Civ 6 and then the first expansion and then the second expansion. Oh, you think I'm because I jumped straight into the second expansion? Yeah, like the floodplain stuff was added most recently, and that didn't even exist before. Like flooding wasn't a thing. Well, I haven't so had I- any flooding because I'm a smart nation and I built dams. But then I laugh at all my neighbors when I get flooding notifications, and they didn't do that. I mean, you know. And then you could, if you really want to be a jerk about it, build a bunch of coal-fired power plants that increase the CO2 level a bunch and cause global. <laughs> Claws glo- yeah, accelerate global warming a bunch so that in the end game, all their tiles are getting flooded by the ocean, and yours are fine because you built the dams. It's 1720 and I already have solar farms. Oh, but, but you keep the coal pants around. <laughs> I actually, in the most recent World Congress, banned coal-fired power plants. <laughs> Using my uh, my diplomatic power or whatever. That's a system I don't quite understand at all. Yeah, it's not well explained. It's one of the ones where, like, you can use your points to, like, influence the vote. And basically, like, you can buy extra votes. It seems like they took... It seems like they took the system of, like, being suzerain of a city-state where, like, hey, every nation gets five votes and every city-state gets two votes at the World Congress. And if you're the suzerain, you just get their two votes. They took that system, they're like, what if we could, like, put a middleman in between this system and another system? So now well, so you actually, have to, it's, it's the same thing, but, like, you get diplomatic favor now from your city-states instead of just getting their votes. Well, so it's actually better because you can then spend all the diplomatic favor at once and buy 50 votes that never existed before and just win any vote. That's true. Also, I uh, my whole goal in this game is just to steal all of Russia's diplomatic favor all the time. So I just keep offering him, like, here, you want this coal? I know you want this coal. I don't have anything that uses coal, but you could have all this coal. Give me your diplomatic favor. 20 a turn. Thank you. You may find out that that's not as useful as you want it to be. <laughs> it's It keeps people from doing the thing they did to me early on, which is preventing my great scientists from being usable. Yeah, you can buy those scientists with gold. You at some can point. what? 
Yeah, you can buy great people with money and faith, I think. Okay, f- the money part, I don't understand. How is there like a tech or a civic? Uh, maybe. I don't I think so, so though. I think gold. if you just go, I think if you just open that great people tab, there's like a button on there that you can hit for an obscene amount of money. I have obscene and amounts of money. <laughs> I think that works. I've Pretty been sure. suzerain of multiple trade city states forever. I'm just rolling in cash. Yeah, you check that check that tab out. Uh, I buy builders sure every turn just to buy builders. Okay, well that's a waste of money. Stop that. <laughs> I'm quite liking Civ Six. I think Civ Five will always be the Civ Five that I think of fondly, but I have no problem having replaced it with Civ Six and learning a new game and trying new things here. I don't think I don't think I would go back to five at this point. I would just play this. Yeah. I think that's my opinion now too. It, now that I think I would have potentially gone back to five before the most recent expansion, but with it, I think there's enough here that like, all right, I don't need five anymore. The only bummer about it, not that I don't need it, but you know, it's there for me if I need it. Right. The only bummer about it, and this might come from my assessment of Civ five, which is or Civ six, which is that it's Civ five with enhancements, is that the freaking turns still take forever. It's 2020. Can we make the computer's turns go faster, please? It's not a board nope, game. Sorry. It's not a board game. It's a computer game. Make it go faster. Yeah. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying that, man. I really like that game. I'm still divided on whether I want to pay for that expansion pass that they're doing. I will I, wait. I will probably end up it's doing on it. Xbox but... Game Pass. <laughs> Not I accurate. I will wait until it's not the full price. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's probably the right call. I, I think know. I want that stuff. I I want it a little bit, right? I want to like play with it, but what is the amount of money that is booting it up three times to try it and then not booting it up over it again? Yeah, fair. It's not unfair to them. I mean they're doing a lot of work to bring that stuff to the market and like the extra sieves is cool. So I guess how much is extra sieves worth basically? Well, I mean, considering I haven't bought any of the extra sieve DLCs yet, I don't know. So yeah, I I hate to be negative Nancy about it, but, uh, you know, shout out to Nancy, but you're right. When you're right, you're right. You got to watch your money in these Unprecedented times. I hate the phrase unprecedented times. I I kind of knew that, which is why it's like picking at a scab. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every company that tells me about something in these unprecedented times, I make a mental note to never buy anything from them again. <laughs> I will soon have no companies I can buy anything from. All right. I got to go back in the podcast and scrub that away. Hold on. We're not selling them anything, so it's fine. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Good point. All I've done in this podcast is try to say you should save money. And one of the ways is looking for extra services. I don't know anything about Stadia, but that's on one of you two. I tried Game Pass. We'll draw straws for it and see who gets the short one. What if we don't try Stadia, though? <laughs> I feel like the loser of whenever the wing challenge happens has to do Stadia. What if just no one tries Stadia, though? 
think that might be the right call. I really want to know how bad it is. Oh man, speaking of uh, of saving people some money and getting great deals, uh, I think there will still be time when this episode airs. Uh, all y'all should go out and download the Lego Ninjago game for free. Oh yeah, definitely do that. Well, if you have an Epic yeah. account, you could get um, GTA Five and whatever the next game is. Seems yeah, like they're giving yeah. away free games. Another mystery game on Thursday from Epic as well. I'm free not stuff. opposed to having an Epic account if you get free games. I just now the Epic Game Store deals don't seem as good. I don't think I have. I don't think I have bought a single game off the Epic Game Store. All of the games in my library, and there are. 20 plus at this point have all been free games from them. Literally the only one I bought was that Star Wars game because it was on Uber discount, which is actually now cheaper than when I bought it. Something I saw online, and I don't know how true this is, is that the Epic Store is planning at some point soon to roll out automated refunds. If you buy a game and it goes on sale to be worth to cost less after some, you know, within some window, they automatically refund you the difference. Uh, I think what? I saw that it was partial refunds. I don't know if you get the full. Yeah, you, you don't get the full game, but you get the difference to the sale price, which oh, okay. is like what amazing. Yeah, that's like a really good move. That's like, like the it's like a. Wow. Amazon doesn't even do something like that. They only do it for like pre-orders. Buy a game the day before it goes on sale. It goes on sale for 20% off. They refund you the 20% difference. Wow. I don't think that's out yet, but I believe they have said they are planning to I mean, they're going to have to do something, right? Like, Which is, that's nuts, man. That's like a really sweet deal. Yeah. And then people will complain because the window will be too small or whatever. But like, dude, man, you oh. think of how bad it feels like you buy a game on Steam and then the next day the Steam sale starts and, you, you know, it's like four for 50% off or whatever. You're like, I hate my life. If you listen to this podcast, you wouldn't do that. True point. But and now if you listen to this podcast, you also uh, might try other venues of getting games. Like, just trying out the free games you get. Look at this. I've got, like, Amnesia, Observer, Assassin's Creed, Darksiders, Grand Theft Auto Five. There's a big jump there in letters. <laughs> Surviving Mars is in here. There's a Walking Dead like, game in here. Watch Dogs, Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne. Look at this stuff like you can get for free. Batman games in there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did that big Batman. They think they gave away a ukulele game at one point. I don't know what their they, plan is. Uh, so it's funny that you mentioned that. That was the second game that I played over the weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, I uh, so part of the ukulele Kickstarter, they got enough money to fund a throwback Donkey Kong Country style ukulele game. How long of a game is that? Uh, so what is it called? It is called Ukulele and the Impossible Layer, and I want to say it's forty levels. Wow! I own this game in the Epic Store. You do not. Um, but yeah, so they it was one that they gave away oh, for free. Oh, okay. Yeah, they gave it away for free on the Epic Store um, a while back. So that is when I got it. And I was like, you know what? I feel like a throwback. Let's see how this is. Well, you, uh, you and played the other ukulele too, didn't you? Yeah, so I, I played all the way through the, the original ukulele. Um, and this does 
as good of a job throwing back to the 2D side-scroller Rare games as that one did throwing back to the 3D Rare games. Okay. Cool. How many minecart levels are there? Uh, Uh, I have not found a minecart level yet. I am still hopeful. That's the only thing I remember about Donkey Kong Country. The best thing Kickstarter. Uh, So, part of the the Kickstarter. Okay. I think the other game was the Kickstarter. This was like bonus. Yeah. Can I I co-opt your Kickstarter moment here? Go for it. I Kickstarted a game called the Wonderful One Hundred and One. Oh yeah. Yeah. Make. I've been getting steady emails that have been getting increasingly dire about the chances of receiving my physical cartridge. I saw news about there being a delay related to the physical cartridge. At this point, it is indefinite. However, to make up for the fact that I'm, according to them, will still receive my Switch cart at some point, but they don't know when, they emailed me a Steam key for the game. It's nice of them. And okay. they're like, don't worry. This doesn't impact whether you ordered a physical edition. Like, if we are able to still make them, which we still plan to, then uh, you I still get This is one of those unprecedented times situations. Oh, God. <laughs> I was just about to take a swig of beer, and I almost lost it all over the... I think, I think that this is indicative of of what is hopefully a growing trend. Because uh, we saw this with Bloodstain JJ, which is that game developers who put their things on Kickstarter are s- starting to realize that you kind of have to do something to not lose people if things that you promised aren't going to work out. You know, I agree in normal times. But the fact that they hadn't entered production on their carts yet, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're these little independent... Well, Platinum Games isn't that much of a little company, but Platinum Games well, is not a company a that can... a little publisher, though. Yeah, they, they can't just walk into a factory and be like, yo, make my carts in the middle yeah. of all this. Yeah. Uh, they just, you know, they're kind of lulled into waiting. I believe they were trying to use the Yeti to fulfill their orders for carts and physical media and stuff like that, so... My guess is between the Kickstarter money and the Yeti, they've come out with this option of like, you know, maybe soften the blow of the fact that a lot of people are just not going to get their game for a long time at this point. Yeah. Also, I believe they didn't go into production on those carts probably because no one is going to buy that game in physical form except for these kind of people. Like, it's going to sell, like, 10,000 total physical copies, and everyone else is going to buy it digitally. So you think they'll uh, cancel the carts completely? No, I think they'll still make the ones they've promised to make. Okay. And they'll make some small print run or whatever, but they're sure. not going to print a million carts, which is probably what you have to do to get, like, a good deal on those, right? And get them actually made in this yeah. strange like, oh, well, new time. Nintendo <laughs> wants to print new Mario and they want to make like 8 million. So you're 8 million behind, you know, like, so eh, it is what it is. Yep. Well, folks, you've brought us to the end of another wonderful episode of Weaver gamers. Michael, why don't you tell them where they can find us? 
they can start with our website, wewergamers.com. Uh, they can also find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, we have a YouTube channel. So check out past episodes and also check out some of our bonus content like those sweet, sweet Star Trek pods. Yes. And uh, you can add us on your uh, podcatcher app of choice, too. Right, you walk into the candy shop. No, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you because I have a I have I have a double header of non candy related debate for you this week. Oh, I don't think we have time. We're still in food. Um, we can we can post this one to the to the people at large. But one, does mayonnaise belong on a burger? And two, is an English muffin the best bun choice? Bun for what? For a burger. Okay. Mayonnaise, yes. English muffin, no. Find out on the next episode of We Were Gamers. <laughs> if we got to delay the bill a week, two weeks, three I wanna weeks, do it. I wanna whatever. Do it. I wanna, well, I want to do it. I got... Half the Star Wars shit that I decided to do in the can. Ryan and I are working on a date to talk about all the Pokemon Go changes that you guys don't want to hear about. I I appreciate that because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear about that. I know Pokemon Go ahead and do that without us. Yeah, I figured yeah. as much. I kind of I was gonna ask permission, and then I was like, they don't care. They really just don't care. <laughs>